where the phrase, if you come at the king, you best not miss. But when I hear it, I don't think of LeBron James. I think of our boy, the real king, Elvis Aaron Presley. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Man, you know, <laughs> 42 years on this earth, and he was called the king. Still called the king, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, when we were younger, everybody always... Some people, he's still on this earth. Well, you know, when we were younger, everybody, a lot of folks always kind of said, I mean, Elvis is still alive, Elvis is still alive. Here's the thing. It's a numbers game. The life he lived, hard, pills, different other things, fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches. If he did not die at 42 in 1977 or whenever, he probably is not with us any longer. You know what not I mean? Not much longer Yeah, anyway. for sure, yeah. for sure. And I also always felt like that if he was here, when Lisa Marie married Michael Jackson, he would have come back and said, Hey, baby, hold on now, darling. Hold on now. <laughs> That's always <laughs> what I thought. But happy birthday to the king. Tupelo, yes. Tupelo's favorite son, right? Absolutely. He, he's the man. Well, all right, man. It's been a while since I've seen you. It's good to see your pretty face. You, you look too, good. Man, you're looking sharp. Man, I appreciate that. Girls go crazy about a sharp-dressed man. <laughs> what have you been doing, man? I, you know, we, we did. This is season two, by the way. We made Season it. Two of the po- Happy birthday to the podcast. Happy birthday to the podcast. 2020. Little did you know that <laughs> Elvis and um, the podcast have the same birthday almost. And believe it or not, the gentleman that just knocked over our recorder has a birthday in six days. For sure. He, Jonesy turns nine years old. Congrats, January 14th. Congrats Jonesy. <laughs> Thanks for sitting on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, equipment. man. We really appreciate it. And Brian really appreciates you being in this personal space. For sure. For sure. You're anyway. not even looking at me like I, you know I'm upset about this right now. It's okay. It's okay. Well, tell me what's been going on since Christmas. How was your Christmas? And then how was your new year? Had a good Christmas, man. Uh, you know, I told you in our last podcast before Christmas, I had uh, I had five calls to do removals for deaths on the 24th and 25th. Well, I was on call again this year. Goose egg. Yeah. So, man, I got some stuff done, man. Good I, deal. I enjoyed some – Some I watched three NBA games on TV. I ate with family. Barricade him. Come here, buddy. <laughs> it, it just, come here. Come here. Oh, I he think just he's loves good. Brian. I don't know he what does. it is. It's okay. Everybody loves Brian. I think I, I might smell like bacon. I mean, you you know, probably do. Probably what it is. You probably do. Yeah. But no, I watched some NBA games, man. Um, <laughs> um, I got to eat, man, and I just, I, you know, I enjoyed being kind of semi off. You know, no soccer games. Right. Uh, and then of course, uh, I went to Nashville for the bowl game. Got to see some friends from forever. How are they doing? They're doing great. They're all like real professionals, just like you, aren't they? Oh, maybe more, more so than more, you. More professional than me. They they all have like. Most of them have those job titles that I don't know how to explain to other people. Like, if you ask me what I do, I'm a funeral director's apprentice right. and a soccer coach. That's it. They, like, Did you yes, say a funeral them, director's apprentice? Yeah. Oh, I like that. It sounds like... It uh, sounds a little more distinguished than, like, assistant. In 1590. Like, 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 oh, 1590, he's the blacksmith's apprentice. It's kind of like... <laughs> the sorcerer's <laughs> Archimedes. <laughs> But uh, man, that's an underrated cartoon, by the really way. It really is. <laughs> um, but no, man, I I really enjoyed getting some time off, man. And, and you know, we had our boys' soccer Christmas party. Uh, it was great, you know. And soccer's going well. We're nine zero and one as of this podcast. Biggest game of the year at Lewisburg coming up tomorrow night. So the children of the corn ain't ready for that. I hope not. You know, I mean, I'll say this. Congrats to y'all for overachieving thus far. Y'all, y'all, y'all lost a lot from last year, but. You know, I, I don't want to say this and put pressure on you and uh, Coach Fawcett, but Tupelo uh, 
as as people think in our area, they don't uh, they don't what is it they uh, they reload. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't rebuild, they reload. But at a statewide level, where y'all are trying to compete at six A, it's tough. You, it's tough. Like even a reload year compared to all the other three and four A and five A's around this area could be a rebuild for y'all. And y- y'all, I would say y'all are in that tween stage. We're you're, definitely you're rebuilding while trying to be competitive, to while, reload, while being competitive. Load at the same time, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it. Our kids, they're just. I don't know what it is, man. It's it's just something about. I don't know what you want to cut the golden wave spirit or whatever it is, it's, but like they they're not used to losing. They don't you know, and they they play harder so they don't. And yes, it's kind they of, really deserve the credit. Yeah, I'm you know, uh, team takes on the personality of the coach a lot of times. I'm sure you and Coach Fawcett hold them accountable on the field. They're accountable and they hold their teammates Very accountable. Much so. And in soccer, if you're able to do that, from what I could always gather, and like if you guard your yard and do your job. I feel like the the field takes care of itself. You know You're, what I mean? That's 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 well said. Basketball sometimes you can have four guys that aren't really all on the same page, but you got one stud. And you figure you it can out. Take over a game. Soccer, not really no. the case. You no. know, for sure, for sure. Well, man, I'm I'm glad y'all are doing well. Uh, man, my my Christmas was fun. Um, I went up to East Tennessee, had a good time there. Uh, saw my friends, uh, the householders, and yeah. uh, when uh, I went riding around, and went to Cades Cove like I always do, counting the deer. You know, I can't I tell you how many times, literally. Especially when I had those two days off, and for the most part, I was here right. at my house just because I knew I could get a call at any minute. I literally was, th- and I didn't want to interrupt because I didn't know who you're with. But I literally was like, "Man, I wonder what Brian's doing up in up in the Smokies, foothills of the Smokies, right now." <laughs> Man, I'm a, I'm always doing things up there. Uh, I, like I said, it's kind of my place I go to reset and relax, um, kind of calm down and unwind. But uh, I haven't seen a bear at Cades Cove since. I lived up there, and I left there in the sixth grade. So I've still, all these years, been going back. I've been wanting to see another bear. It's kind of yeah. a rare thing to see. Uh, but um, came back, uh, had cr- uh, Christmas with the Weavers. And um, I want to say this right now. Uh, friends and family and, and listeners around the country, if you have young children and y'all celebrate the Christmas season, uh, with, you know, and, and Santa Claus comes and sees your good little boys and girls, do me a favor. Uh Pause the podcast right now and get them out of the room. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds because I'm going to tell you how my Christmas went. And uh, like a good movie, no spoiler alerts. I'm going to give you a second to maybe get the children away from the uh, podcast. All right, cool. So I'll tell you something really cool I did. Uh, since we got this podcast equipment, I recorded some messages for my friends. And there were Santa Claus, and I sent them to folks. Well, for Christmas, I got a really, really good Santa Claus outfit. And... Nick's kids were wanting to see Santa Claus. Right. Well, if I'd have shown up in that Santa Claus outfit, Ezra and Bessie would have looked at both of their parents and said, that is 100% Uncle BB. Like, you ain't full of mess, not Santa. Right. So we played it off. They went to bed, and then I put this Santa Claus outfit on, and then they, like, caught me in the act with their camera. So it was like having, like, a deer cam set up, catching Santa with, like, still shots. So they got me coming out of the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> which is fun. They got me putting presents down. They got me talking on one of their walkie-talkies. So anyway, I went home that night on Christmas Eve, and I came back the next day, and the first thing that Ezra and them, oh, McKinley's got a call. No, we're good. No, we're good? No. Oh, okay. I thought it might have been one of those Vince Gill death calls. <laughs> but anyway. We could get one. We could get one. But uh, I came there the next day for Christmas Day, and when I walked in the door, Ezra and Bessie were both trying to tell me how Santa Claus came out of the chimney and was really there, and they saw him. The real Santa Claus, not the one from the mall, they well, said. Kudos to you, then. So kudos to me, but yeah, it was fun. And then, man, funny thing um, that I skipped over, went to when I went to East Tennessee, went to watch the uh, really big uh, basketball tournament at Gatlinburg-Pittman High School up there. 
Oh, with the the one Ingemar went it, to. Ingemar yeah. was in it, and I went up there to watch it, and they were in the championship of their flight. You know, they have like the yeah. big schools in the in the middle schools and the small schools, and I think Ingemar bumped up a level and played in the middle school level, like not middle schools, but like mid size. Right. So I mean, yeah, they were playing against some really good private and schools. To my knowledge, and, they still have a zero. They beside won, a nineteen. They won that thing, name. and man, it was a really <laughs> hotly contested game. It got a little physical, which. Kind of plays in the Ingemar's hands a little bit. They're tough. And, man, Coach Ashley and his assistant, Coach Chip Johnson, man, they pushed the right buttons there and they won the tournament. But it was fun to see them. And um, then I came back, and for New Year's, man, worked a little bit. And then New Year's, I went down something different this year. I know they had the big thing going on in Tupelo, but I wanted to kind of get out and see some sights. Yeah. I went to Clarksdale to Ground Zero. Nice. And it was a really cool, uh, great Gatsby-looking, roaring 20s affair. And the man himself is I in the house. I say, I think you saw the man. Morgan Freeman. And – uh. He had had too many libations and spirits, and at 11 o'clock, the people in charge of him ushered him to the stage, and he said, it is 12 o'clock in New York, and uh, I own a house out there, <laughs> so we're going to celebrate with him, and I'm going to get out of here. I'm an old man. So like he counted down. Oh, wow. He sang Old Lang Syne, and then he left, and then we partied hard. Uh, Super Chicken and the Fighting Cocks was the band, and nice. they're, they're a handy award-winning uh, blues band they played. Okay. And it was awesome. It was off the chain, but uh, that was a it was a it was a fun holiday for me. Can I ask you something about that? Yeah, knowing that Morgan Freeman was inebriated. Yeah, that it did it all occur to you to possibly walk up to him and ask him to do a line from like Shaw Sink well, or something? Funny, funny thing, <laughs> where we were where we were uh, standing. He left the reserve seating in the middle and walked around the outside to go to the stage for the the countdown. As he walked by, my friend Jarrett Vandegrift and I were standing there, and he was <laughs> he looked at me, and he shook. He had a bodyguard with him. He shook my hand and said, Happy New Year, sir. And I was like, Happy New Year, sir. And I wanted to say, Hey, man, I'll make your blue jeans. But I didn't want to be that guy, you know. You should have been that guy. But then he walked by Jarrett, and he was like, gave the bird man noise. Oh, wow. <laughs> he did. He said, Happy New Year. And like we were like, Hey, like, this guy's on the sauce. <laughs> you calm down a little bit, Morgan. Yeah, but I really I, I thought about uh, how fun it was. I got some video that can't see the light of day from his speech, but uh, not to incriminate him, TMZ would want this, you know that kind of thing. But uh, but it was a good time, and um, I do want to tell you something cool about my trip to Knoxville, and then we're going to move on to more important topics. But McKinley and I, we actually haven't gotten to catch up. We have not. He's been busy, and I've been busy. But so. When I was a kid, I lived in Seymour, Tennessee, and we've talked about this. Um, I lived with my mother and my stepfather, Larry, and Larry was older than my mother considerably at the time. So, you know, when I was in elementary school, like, I remember celebrating Larry's 50th birthday. Okay. So Larry was older than my mother. My mother passed away at 39. He celebrated his 50th before she passed away, so he was considerably older. I think maybe 15 years older than my mom. But anyway, so he had a Porsche. Larry, Larry had some money. He had a Porsche when they got married. Two-seater, and the only thing in his Porsche, the only tape, was a 1950s doo-wop tape, okay? And one of the songs on that tape was Poison Ivy by the Coasters. Poison Ivy. <laughs> okay, so anyway, we used to ride around Seymour, Tennessee in the in the early, early 90s, you know what I mean? You know, listening to this tape, going to do various things amongst the mountains, whatever. And I left Knoxville, or Seymour, Tennessee, in 1995. Okay. All right. Lived in the Delta, lived in northeast Mississippi, Memphis, all points in between Oxford, Tupelo now. And since that time, not one time in my life 
have I thought about the song Poison Ivy or heard the song Poison Ivy? I got a pretty good memory. You I would really re- do. I would remember if I heard that song because it has such a sentimental value. Like sure, like when I hear that song, I think of Larry Scott. Okay, so here is my. Here's my thing. We, McKinley and I don't talk politics or religion because we don't know enough about either one of them to really get into them. But here is my proof that there is a higher uh, energy or a power in the world. Okay. I pulled into Seymour, Tennessee at about 10 o'clock on a Friday night after work. And when I pulled in the city limits, it's like crossing from uh, Oxford into Takapola. There's just a sign that says, now it's a bigger right. city, but there's just one sign that says Seymour, uh, unincorporated. Right. When I pulled into that town, I was on the Fulton High School radio station, which is up near Knoxville. No okay? way. And it's an oldie station, but it's a high school station. And they were like, uh, we got an hour of uninterrupted music coming up for you. And first off, we got Poison Ivy by the Coasters. Ain't no and, way. And that song came on. And chills came up over me. You know what I mean? And I thought to myself, and the first thing that hit to me was, People are hanging out. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that makes sense. You know, the Angels Among Us thing, I don't really know about that. But let's just say, if there's ever a time that you wonder if your loved ones that have passed on uh, are keeping an eye on you or checking in, if you got a guardian angel out there, you do. Whether you, I mean, you do. Like, and like when Tommy Boy catches the wind at the sail at the end of the movie. Exactly. Same, kind of Same concept. concept. So, like, like I said, I haven't heard this song since the mid-90s. Man, that was... 25 years ago or how, right. I don't even know I mean yeah almost to over almost headed towards 25 years ago yeah and it came on and man like it was one of those times where I got my I got chill bumps I literally got cold and like it's the uncontrollable water in your eyes like you know you just can't stop oh, it yeah. and I wasn't sad and I wasn't happy it was like just an overwhelming of emotion but man it was a really cool thing that happened and I'm, I'm just being honest with you I'm not the biggest b- believer in things like that I believe things are mainly a coincidence. You know what I mean? Oh, just, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that was too much of a coincidence. Way like, too much. It, it, it was too much of a coincidence. But I just wanted to share that with you and that the is listeners. A, that's so, cool. So, yeah. That's you like know. really. Some people go a lifetime and don't have a moment like that. It was. A, and it, we, I think none of us get more than two or three. Yeah. And it was a good It was a good sign finishing the year and going into the holiday season when those aren't the easiest times for me, you know. Sure. But, but 2020 is where we're at now. And it was the start of a new decade. It is. And the end of a, of, a, of a good one for everybody. Good decade. So give me your thoughts on the last decade that just passed. Well, I can tell you for me specifically, it was the decade where I practically became an adult. I mean, I you watched know, you grow before my eyes. I mean, you know, I mean, like I got my first real job at Shannon High School. Thank you, Mike Scott, Bill Rosenthal, and the crew over there. Two legends in their own Absolutely, right. Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, you know, and I, I became a teacher, taught for most of the decade. Um, gosh, man, I, I've, I've purchased home, my homes. The two, I don't own two homes, for those of you listening. I purchased a home, sold it, and bought another home. I do not have that kind of money, not even close to that kind of money. Uh, I became a pet owner. Um, Dog father. Yeah. I mean, my head coaching career started. Uh, I had a good head coaching career, a had, good beginning to a head coaching I, I, career. Man, I, I, I'm going to tell you You never this. know what's going to happen in the future, but, but I mean, right now you hit the pause button. For, you know? for those of you that are getting into coaching, if you're listening to this, learn as you go. Yeah. And latch on to people who've done it for a long time that have done it well. And I look back, and I just think about, I mean, as far as coaching goes, like I look to the people that coached me, that I helped coach, 
and man, the just mentors and man, there's a reason why they're still doing it. Yeah, and one you, is money for sure. <laughs> two, stay is retirement. Good at it. <laughs> yeah, one is the purse system, <laughs> but two is because they're good at it. Yeah. Because a lot of people do this stuff and they get out of it after a while and don't want to do it again because they the grind of it is brutal. But the wins, the relationships, the the memories, the the moments that happen in sports, specifically at the high school teenage level with kids. They're irreplaceable, and the better you do at it, the more you're going to have of them and the more you want to keep doing what you're doing. So. And, you know, the, the new wave of coaching has kind of gone from of a transactional type Correct. to more of a transformational type. You try to help your kids grow. You keep a, a relationship with them, a friendship right. with them as they get older. And, and I really feel like you and I have both done that throughout our coaching sure. time. You know, I mean, I'm still pals with guys like Delvin. I saw Delvin uh, it's December die. 30th. No. <laughs> I'm joking. No, in Nashville. Oh, yeah, he was I up saw there. him in Nashville at Jason Aldean's rooftop bar. He probably friends with Jason Aldean if I didn't know Delvin. Probably. For sure. That's cool that you saw no, him. No, I, I saw Delvin. And when you run into uh, guys like that and they're 21, it's even cooler. Well, it's funny you say that. I actually made a purchase for Delvin Thank right you. after I saw him. It's nice so. of you. <laughs> um, but no, man, I, I, it, the, the what do you call them, the 2010s, I guess? Yeah, the alts. No, that was the first part. That was okay. the first. It had been the teens. It had been the teens, yeah. the 20 teens, yeah. man. I, I, I have enjoyed it, man. I have... I've I haven't I, I can't sit here and say that I've lost any friendships. Right, yeah. But I've gained a ton. Yeah. I've still got the same friends I've had forever before the twenty teens and I've got them now. Spent a good time with the majority of them, uh New New Year's or the bowl game. Yeah. Uh but man, I, I have really enjoyed the twenty teens. I tell you what, I I mean I, I don't the the one th- I guess I do have a gripe. I mean it's fair to have okay. a gripe, I think. My biggest gripe is that and it's funny you mentioned Morgan Freeman because I was thinking about this when you said it. The actor, I don't know who the actor is, but the character Brooks in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. I thought you meant my friend Kyle Mackins. Not, not Kyle, I know Kyle. <laughs> but Brooks in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. If you've seen the movie, and if you've, you're listening to this, you've probably seen the movie. He makes a quote as he's writing back to the prison after he gets released, and the first thing he says is, the world has done gone up and got itself in a big damn hurry. And that's kind of what happened in the 20 teens. We got ourselves in a hurry, and we're still in a hurry. Well, I, for one, am not. I just, you know, and, and I guess there's the nostalgia of missing the chi- your childhood. But I wonder now, and I, of course you can't ask them this now, but I wonder about, like, kids that spent their teen years in the 20 teens if they're going to legitimately look back and miss their childhood, because the biggest problem, this right here, you know, as far as, as far as, I mean. He held up his cell phone. I, yeah, sorry, <laughs> we're not on TV yet. But, but, <laughs> cell phone, you know, media, you know, like. <laughs> he pointed to his large desktop computer in the corner. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, it, it, like, it, the technology, and don't get me wrong, it's good. But Albert Einstein said it best years and years ago. As technology, as technology advances, we as a society will become dumber. And he's right. And I'm not sitting here calling people dumb because there's plenty of people smart. I mean, what Greta Thunberg is like changing the world. She's 13. But what I'm saying is... I will not speak of my opinion on that young lady. Yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> but you get the gist of what I I'm saying. I think she's doing awesome work. But I think, anyway, moving on. You, you knew where I was going with that. Yes, I totally do. But anyway, yes, I'm just her. What I'm saying is, is young people are not dumb, but 
the easier life is made for them via cell phones, technology, without human interaction, without having to get your hands dirty a little bit sometimes, it makes you kind of miss times when you did have to do stuff like that. Like young men in their teens having to call somebody, a girl's house to ask her on a date. Now it's like backwards. They make the girl social media them first. And it's just, it just doesn't seem right. But overall, I enjoyed the 2010s. I grew up, you know, it's the biggest grow up stage of my life from, I have learned more. I have matured more in the past 10 years than I have in any other 10 years. Mm, I like your assessment of the last 10 years. I like and that. I apologize for <laughs> for getting all okay boomer on everything. No, I like that. You're not quite boomer. You know what no, I mean? No, but that was the ideology of what I was saying. Yeah. But you're 20 teens. Man, I will say this. Uh, it was the best of times, and at times it was the worst of times. True that. The highs were really high, and the lows were really low. Um yeah, had a had a you know just a few few losses, a uh, few few bad beats as well. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, those who are who are listening to the podcast probably get that too. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'll say this: I don't know if anybody had more fun in the last decade than I did. You've had a good time. I'm just being honest. I saw a lot of things. I went to a lot of places. I cannot. Can't, literally, I cannot count the number of live music experiences I went to. I, I, I can't the number of games that I went to. Yeah, different. I mean, I mean, I saw the whole Grizzlies glow up. You know, I saw the best of times in Oxford. You know, yeah. um, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw good times for the Tigers. Um, I've made some tremendous friends. Yourself, I mean, you, you, you and I, we became friends in the, the last You know, I rekindled some friendships. Excuse me. I had Diet Coke here. I coached basketball during the last decade at Pontotoc, which was a big deal with one of yeah. my best friends and Chris Vandiver. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, man, I'll say this too. Let's see, 20. I dated two really beautiful, wonderful women in the last decade for a, a little chunk of the decade. Th- those are wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like th- they were good times for me. Uh, That's good that you think of it that way too. A lot of people wouldn't say that. Yeah, you know. and hi- Some of us included. In hindsight, you know, uh, in hindsight, I learned a lot for both of them. You know what I mean? One of them taught me how not to handle situations, you know what I mean, you know, yeah. uh, to do better. And uh, the other one, we were together, you know, two and a half, almost three years. We cohabitated in the same uh, dwelling, uh, lived together. So I learned a lot about that, too, how to share a, a home with somebody and, you know, how to count on somebody and share bills. You know, sure. that was, I learned a lot there, too. So uh, did a lot of traveling, man. Man, I bet I've been to uh, California three times. I've been to California. To Colorado a, a bunch. I've been to uh, Buffalo, New York. I've been to Indianapolis. I've been. I've got back on planes and cured some anxieties there. I mean, like you said, um, I don't know how much I've grown up or matured in the last decade, but I've learned a lot. You know what I mean? So I, I mean, think, I, I I think that's fair though. I mean, learning a lot is maturing. Yeah, uh, you know? lo- lost a lot of weight and uh, man, nearly a hundred pounds. Yeah, and, you know, and you not great, by man. not thanks by not really trying. I mean, uh, had a friend. About t- 2009, 2010, say, if you lose 40 pounds in the next four months, I'll take you to any concert you want to go to. And I said, cool, Vince Gill it is. No joke. And we went to Vince Gill. I lost 40 pounds in four months, and we went to Vince Gill, and that kind of started the snowball. Only if somebody could give me that ultimatum. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Vince Gill concert. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that was a, it was a good decade, man. Um, like I said, um, you know, now I will not be a Debbie Downer here, uh, but like I said, there were some big losses, uh, and uh, – 
the highs of the decade outweigh the outpeak the lows, even though the lows were, were tough. But um, it kind of set up for a really good decade. The way the last decade ended kind of set up, and and I'll I'll speak to this. And uh, I have a tremendous job. I never knew when I was young when I was younger, I was going to be a basketball coach, in particular a college basketball coach. That was going to happen. Uh, I did not take care of business in school. So in the my 20s, I had no idea what I was going to do. I was hosting bar trivia. I mean, I really was. A hell of a job. Things, I was work. DJing things. I was hustling, man. And, you know, I worked at insurance companies uh, and, you know, as a input data input guy. I worked as an insurance company as a salesman, which has sucked. I worked at Franklin Collection, collecting people's debts. My own from the same place, <laughs> you know, like, so, I mean, I had some jobs that uh, they were, they were not, I mean, they just weren't fun jobs and I, I never was feeling fulfilled. I kind of felt like not a failure, but an underachiever. And then, uh, two of my best friends, Nick and Josh started Blue Delta and they needed, they needed a guy who had time on his hands. I was like, man, I'm just co- coaching basketball part-time and <laughs> toasting trivia. So Blue Delta has been a big blessing and, and. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm now the general manager of the brand, and I, some wonderful people work uh, work for me, and I work with some people. But here's the real treat, and we'll move on. Um, every day I get to go to work, and I work with three guys that I graduated high school with that I have been friends with since 1995. You know, we know everything about each other. Yeah. You know, uh, we tr- there's unfailing trust. I know that they have my back. Not necessarily like, ha-ha, they got my back, but like, rah-rah. But I mean, like, anything. If I need this, if I need that, if I'm stranded, they got me. No, no matter the time. Um, we're all on the same page, and we pull the rope in the same way. And it's a real luxury to have that in a, the brand we have. You know what I mean? It's it's um. And you know, not only do you have a, a great job, you have a cool job. Yeah, and too. that's what I was about to say. It's cool, because like, I stay. I'm in. I'm in Shannon, Mississippi. People laugh about that. Man, I am in a brewer. Uh, brewer. Yeah, I'm in a. I'm in a, a first class high tech facility, with super talented people and some of the best minds around doing a one of a kind thing. Yeah. And from time to time, I get to jump on the plane and go somewhere fun and see somewhere I, famous. Oh. Like, you know, um, for instance, I mean, I can just say this. I'm going to go to in the end of this month. I'm going to Nashville to see Andy Frasco in concert and the. Only reason that I'm friend, I mean, the reason that I was able to become friends with Andy Frasco is because of Blue Delta. Absolutely. I mean, I saw him at, at Blue Canoe several times in different places, and it was a passing, you know, fanboy thing in the parking lot. But man, he he got some pants, and we had to actually talk to each other and get to know each other. Man, now we're pals, and you know, I've met thousands of people through Blue Delta. You know what I mean? Oh and, yeah. And I would like to say that uh, outside of the friendships, that the experience of Blue Delta giving me aim in a career uh, with friends of mine has been a a big blessing. It, you know, to quote uh, old brother Warto, it, get, it made me bona fide. You know, what <laughs> I mean? you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know what I mean, it gave me a, a, not a purpose, but a, a fulfillment in a job. If that makes sense. Well, before we move on, I do have to mention that, the, and this is just on a personal note from you and I both. Brian and I both have never in our lives been into broadcast, media, radio, anything, television, all of those things have come to life to us in the past year, literally. We started on the radio together the first Monday in January 2019. And then it 
it opened up the door to the podcast, and the podcast opened up the door to the scoreboard show. Shout out to Gore. Where Brian made his TV debut. That's right. On the oh, and and I'm going next year. I gotta go. I want to go. I, it looked like so much fun. We'll 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 clear off place for an extra seat yeah. up there. And if I don't get to go, put a fourth chair there, and like a Tupelo 49ers cap in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. We we'll just show the camera, McKinley. What are your thoughts? And okay, but but no, it, man, it, it's it's that has been a unbelievable one year ride. It's yeah. it's not something you dread either. It's something that you literally look forward to every time you're doing one of them. And because of the being on the radio and our relationship with our good friend Adam Gore, you've got to do play by play for soccer. Yeah, and you got and to I do, can do the basketball game the other night. I mean, like, man. so the the whole moral of me saying all that is, folks. Regardless of what you do, everything you do is built on the relationships that you make with people. For sure. And the ones that Brian and I have gotten to make to do what we do now were all simply because of getting to know people. And they all really happened in the last 10 years. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. The, the last half of the last 10 years. 100%. 100%, man. So, good well, decade. For sure. Well, well, let's let's talk a little housekeeping, wrapping up some sports talk for the last let's. decade. You got you got some things we need to talk about over I here? I do. So, a little, little bit more organization well, so Brian and I were going to do this a little earlier, and we both got a little tied up. But as you know, we're we're I don't know, we're players on the high school sports scene, I guess yeah. you'd say, and on the college sports Play scene. Uh, you know, we, we 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 keep up with stuff, you know, and and have kept up with stuff. So what we have done, and Brian has got some some stuff on his end, and I've got some on my end. I had a little bit more time to prepare. Brian's been a little bit busier than I have. But I'm just going to do like I always do. I'm going to wing it. And Which he does solid, solid A-minus effort. But I did, and I, I, want your ta- I want you to chime in on this one because I know you probably didn't do the other two lists. But for basketball, high yes. school basketball, okay. I did the players that I remember most, not necessarily the best or whatever, you know, but, but the players that I remember watching the most based on my last 10 years, they are. Madarius Hobson from Holka. Saw him at the Itawama. Day, currently at Itawama Community College. One of the best guards, just gritty, tough, just kind of combo street guard that you want in Wing any forward, kind of game. Yeah. And you name it. Well, I'll, can I make a comment about yeah, absolutely. him? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I couldn't say this on the air the other night, but I'll, I'll, I did say this. Uh, Madarius Hobson's going to walk into Holka Gym in the year 2045. He's going to give some 17-year-old buckets. You know what I mean? He's going to be yeah. 50, and he's going to get buckets. Like, hey, man, let me touch that thing real quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. Get also, I was going to say, uh, I really wanted to say this on the air, but I didn't know if Dr. Adam would appreciate it. I was going to say, man, Madarius Hops could score at a Star Trek convention. <laughs> really could. <Yeah. laughs> but anyway. Um, probably the most electric player I've seen in the past 10 years, a highlight reel waiting to happen, Mr. Jarkel Joyner from sure. Oxford High School. Uh, I won't ever, to this day, and I may not ever see a better dunk in a high school game than the two he did on back-to-back possessions at Pontotoc High School with the, the tangle on the trail. At the second tangle. Second tangle. Yeah, yeah. I have ne- I, that place. The roof almost flew off. One of, back to one of my favorite things that I did in the last decade was put, with Chris and Kyle put that thing together. That ta- those first two Dude, tangles were off the chain. Unbelievable. Anyway, unbelievable. Anyway. Um, we st- I still didn't want a game at a tangle. <laughs> um. A player that just this, – this was kind of one of my favorite ones for basketball. I, we talked – we've had a previous podcast about coaches' kids. I loved watching C.J. Brim run point at Shannon High School. Okay. Fantastic player. And and now doing incredibly well at North Alabama, uh, from coming from Jones. I mean, just 
awesome player, awesome kid. Uh, you could tell he, his dad reflected in him. Uh, and I got to see him a lot, too, because when Brian and I were at Pontotoc, y'all were in the same division. We I played mean, him three times played a him year. three times a year for you know, the time duration we were there. And I watched that kid play 12 games in high school. I probably saw him more than any kid from Pontotoc. Nearly impossible to guard him off the dribble. If he, I mean, if he had, oh a, my gosh, if he had a head of steam, two or three dribbles, you know, going towards you, he he was in the lane, oh or you were backing gosh. up, and he was shooting that pull up jumper. And if he was two inches taller, he'd be the University of Alabama right now, and not University of North Alabama. I'll say this: um, as he will mature a little bit uh, and grow as he gets older. Yeah, I mean, that's just look for him over his last two years to get a little taller. I mean, I've, yeah, I've noticed he's grown a little yeah. bit since he went to college. He'll if he applies himself. Uh, he could he could make money overseas one day for, a little, no for, for a little while yeah for a little while um, one that dials back a little bit I had to think on these like I actually made like I spent time thinking of these uh, kid from uh, Tupelo uh, Antonio Green yeah uh, great player uh, I think he set a um, school record for threes at UT Rio Grande Valley yeah uh, while he was there and then of course he transferred his senior year to uh, Middle Tennessee State uh, he took them I don't, I'm not going to say single handedly because obviously Coach Pate. Coach Kirk did a phenomenal job, and that was a good team. But he was their go-to guy when they got to Jackson and played Jim Hill for a state championship. Um, he, he he was their scorer. He was their guy that we need a bucket. Let's give it to the freshman. And he was a freshman. And he yeah. was and you know on a team with six seniors. And it was I just never forget watching him, man. But it was he was he was assigned with uh, you you'll remember this uh, flat top Fred from Jim Hill. Uh, Fred Thomas played at, Fred, uh, played at Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. Fred Thomas. Fred Thomas. Uh, and then last, the last one, probably the just from a best from a talent perspective, the best player I think I saw uh, was DJ Jeffries from Olive Branch. Just the skill set, you could dub it lazy. Like when if you watch it, man, that guy's lazy. He was just that good. It just it was so smooth and like he just pull up for a three and it looked like he would just you know take a heat check. But like it was like oh my gosh that guy he may just be that good yeah and made, like because the guy guarding him is good he made it look effortless yeah he really did you know we played against him he's a sophomore and then probably my favorite player of the entire twenty teens Mr Ty Jones from Pontotoc High School and 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 here's the thing I had him in class in driver's ed I saw him every day of the school year 187 days a year for four straight years I talked to him every day I mess with him every day I'd see him out in town. I developed a relationship with him, and I, I absolutely love that kid. And I love that he's finishing up his college career right now. He's going to have a degree. You yeah. know, I just I, – I, I couldn't be happier for him. Well, I'll say this about Ty. Yeah, I, I want to speak to this. I genuinely and legitimately love him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I do too, like, I mean, like, man. I mean, you know, this is like – man, we spent a lot of time together. I remember when he was – I remember when he was a seventh grader and then an eighth grader at Pontotoc. It took everything we had not to move him up. You know what I mean? And, and see, that was what was so fun about it because I talked to you and Vanderbilt. Like, Dude, I'm telling you, this kid we've got in junior high right now, I'm telling you. And he was a post player, <laughs> you know, and he was kind of dunking on folks in junior high, and he was kind of wild out there. Yeah. And he got to us as a freshman. In the first game we, we, we had him, we were playing Alcorn Central at Boonville or Ripley. Their gyms looked identical, but it was one of those two gyms. I think it was up at Boonville. And Ty got in the game, and it wasn't two minutes, and he sprained his ankle. First game as a freshman, I thought, oh, no. Like, He'll never be the same. Yeah, and there were, all, the, and there were all those rumors that he was leaving, you know, and he was going here, there, and the other, you know. And I was like, man, he he's going to get hurt. And, like, after about a week, he came out there, and we put him in, you know, put him in the game. He got well, and he killed it. And then by the end of the year that year, I mean, he was our best player. And then uh, we went to Rosa Fork. Yeah. 
and he absolutely put on a show. I mean, like, just I don't know. I mean, I, I just like I remember then that night that like he's real. Like you know what I mean, like oh, yeah. he's not a junior college player. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, all year long his freshman year he was pretty good, but then we got to that night he abused that guy at Rosa. He did. That guy was like six six three hundred. Yeah, and he just totally he worked just that danced guy. On and, him. and I remember thinking to myself, we have a D one player on our hands. And over that yeah. summer. He worked on his guard skills. That was the Arkansas wing, wing summer. Yeah, right? man, I, I I drove th- I drove six hours every weekend with, <laughs> about with Ty going to Little Rock. You Besides know. that one weekend we went to Shoney's. for sure. But uh, but Ty, man, I love that's a good list. Well, and I just I've I've got three more just because this this sport is 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 big in our area. It's not big right. everywhere, but girls basketball, and they're all obviously personal. Kayla Russell, Marley Hatcher, Alex Brown. I, I, I'm tell, and, and really just homage to Bill Russell because he was my driver's ed mentor. I sat by him every day. He got to coach his daughter my, my first year there. I wish they'd have gone all the way. But I, I literally never missed a game unless we were playing soccer. Yeah. And it was just – it was fun watching those three. And, of course, the rest too. I mean, it's just like, man, these are like all Bill's daughters. <laughs> like, right. You know, and it's like well, – They're, Bill, they're really Bill's cool girls. Because I got to – I got to – I got to get to know what Bill knew about him, and he would tell me he's watching film. He's like, "All right, now watch Marley here, and now watch Kayla. They're gonna run elevator." So, like anytime, like I'd be sitting with Mike Gregory on the end line, he'd be, and I could hear elevator, elevator. You're like, okay, let's Mike, we're about to score right here. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool watching the old man. But that, that's my basketball list, man. I, I've I, and it's got some honorable mentions, but I don't want to drag out. So, I mean, I yeah. could have said Ladavia Strain. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the uh, – I'll give you the five best players I coached against. And they're probably – you're going to kind of cross that list a little bit there. Um, I'll give you the obvious ones. You know, Madaris Hobson. Sure. Uh, Jarkel Joyner. Um, Davis Strain scored – 54 sc- one sc- night. scored 45. Ty had 50. And Ty had 50. And Ty had yeah, 50. Lord. Um I'm trying to think here. Uh, and, you know, we beat the Antonio Green team at Tupelo. Mm-hmm. First time in history. They beat – Pontotoc beat Tupelo this year again. Yeah. That's the first time in history there. Uh, but a little – we we played – Olive Branch, we we played DJ Jeffers. He was fantastic. Um, but the most fun game that we played every year – well – Two games I always thought were really really fun. Which one? You, what are you thinking? Center Hill game at Hotbed. I well, took, for my money, I just the Hotbed was ahead. always a fun game for us. That's what I was about to say. We always had a good game and a good matchup there. The Center Hill game at the Hotbed was a big deal. The Rosa Fort win was big. Uh, but every year, the most intense game we would play and the most fun game we would play was always Corinth at Pontotoc. Dude, we would go to Corinth to get bludgeoned, but that Corinth Dude. at Pontotoc game every Shut year was insane. Remember the year we won when Taste Terrace Gwynn? Remember how good that guy was? Yeah, I mean they had him and Kendall Stafford, and they had the big, uh, the big kid in the paint, the lefty. You uh, know what I mean? And, and uh, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. But we had somebody they didn't have, and it was Tay Davis. <laughs> <laughs> he Tay was he hit three threes in the fourth quarter from that left side, and we we won. It was the craziest dang thing. Everybody went nuts, too. Oh, and, and Mike was like, I don't know how we're doing it, but we're doing it. And we won. <laughs> uh, but that was a fun time, man. That was a good time. And the we the big win was Rosa Fort, of course, and that was a big win. And the last year when we uh, we beat Bahalia. Or oh. the, well, not the last year, uh, Quez's senior year we beat yeah. Bahalia. But the rematch, the, the the rematch. Yeah, the one we should have won the year before. Yeah. Uh, but, man, the, the most fun – game that really mattered that district championship win at icc against corinth oh, man. On the buzzer beater. Uh, we, we we tried the same play three times out of bounds and we finally got in a tie 
and he shot a really bad contested shot, and Quez rebounded on the backside. And it was, oh man, I remember it was it was just really cool to, to actually win a district championship. You know, I mean that was a pretty I got big on deal floor for us. for no reason. For all the reasons. I mean, right. For all the reasons. But like, I, I looked up and I was at midcourt. I was like, why, why am I out here? Well, well, oh, I do want to say uh, the, the best the best player overall that I remember coaching against, the uh, most dominating player, would have been Darius Hall. The kid from Hall that we played the first – or the kid from uh, – the ones we played in the first tangle. The six-foot-six kid that went Arkansas to Arkansas. Team? Yeah. Oh, my God. Gosh, played for Mills. Darius Hall played for Mills. Dude. He was fantastic. They were real. Yeah, they were really good. Uh, and then Shout out to Chris Vander for scheduling them way up. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the, the other really fantastic player that people around here kind of don't remember much, Dakota Daly from Marshall Academy. Oh, yeah. He they, – they beat us one day at Oxford, and it was him and the big seven-footer that went to Ole Miss. And Dakota had like 35 on us, and, I mean – Tay was a really good defender, and KB were good defenders, and he made them look like JV guys that day. But anyway, that was that was my guys that I coached against. Dakota Daly was tough. Jalen Fisher was another one I saw at Hotbed that was so good. He was. We really that, we played against Bolton. We played Bolton, Center Hill, and OB three years in a row. Dude. Thanks, Hotbed. You know, and I will say this. <laughs> I'll say this. David Good. <laughs> we didn't have the best prospect on the floor in any of those three games, but Delvin was the best player on the floor – the year we beat Center mm-hmm. Hill, Ty was the best player on the floor the day we beat the day we played T, uh, Bolton. He Bolton. was he was better than Fisher that he day, was. and Ty was better than Jeffries the day OB beat us. I don't know. They were just they were could, better overall, but you could see it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you could see it. But anyway, but yeah. What else you got over there, All list right. wise? So baseball, some familiar names for some sure. We just mentioned Delvin Zinn. Yeah, just absolutely phenomenal. The, these are these are two kids I coached against. That that was the only two I had: Delvin Zinn and Tyreek Reed. That's all. Right, oh my yeah. gosh, man! I, I to this and this is not a, this is not a slight, but to the, this day I still cannot figure out how we beat them. Those two guys, junior year or senior year, playing Legion baseball. That they that that their team. That don't, I'm not sitting here taking anything away from our guys, but those two guys were just. We didn't know how to get them out. Right. Like and that and then when you. In baseball, when you don't know how to get a guy out, you're in trouble. When you yeah. don't know how to get two guys out, you're praying. Yeah. You're praying that they just roll over. But those two guys, Tyreek, Tyreek has more power, raw power, than any hitter I have ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of hitters. Yeah. I've seen guys that play professional baseball hit. For sure. And none of them have the power Tyreek Reed has. None of them. No. What, uh, two that I'll throw out there, a little off the radar, that I think were good players in the area, that, that I just want to mention just because I kind of I know him personally. Yeah. Uh, Tucker Childers, Ripley? Yeah, dude. Yeah, signed with State. Now he's playing somewhere else. But, UALR. Uh, UALR, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was a really good high school baseball <laughs> player. And uh, Kelton Hall? Uh, dude. From Ingemar? I told him. So, this is, you'll get a kick out of this. We played Pontotoc in the state championship this past year in Legion Ball in Hattiesburg. Kelton made a really uncharacteristic – you could call it an error, but it – I mean, and it was – but it was a slow dribbler about level with the pitcher's mound, and he tried to make a play and threw it in the right field. There's literally not a high school, junior college level player on this country that can make that play two times out of ten. He did, and he, he almost made it. But I told him after, I said, I am so glad that this is your last game, <laughs> but it's also very, very bittersweet because I'm going to miss you. He was also one of the better basketball oh players I, 
I had to coach against. Uh, Ingemar's all-time well, leading scorer. That's what I was going to say. The two fun games we played all year that were always really fun were Corinth at Pontotoc and Ingemar at Ingemar. At Ingemar. We always would beat them at our place pretty good, and we'd go there. Remember the year Jarek had to hit eight threes to win? I do. And how he hit eight threes, I don't know to this day, but he hit eight threes. I saw I, I saw Jarek the other day. He's doing good. Good. He's doing good. But uh, some other baseball players, these are guys that I actually coach. Kyle Krigger, currently mm-hmm. at uh, Louisiana Tech, and also is our junior legion baseball assistant. Uh, Jackson Bridges from Tupelo. Uh, he was our ace three years ago. He is at Mississippi College now, great kid. Uh, Hammer Franks, uh, name says it all. Hammer don't hurt him. I mean, uh, man. It's a hammer go, hammer. It's a hammer yo, hammer. He, the, the kid, if you talk to old baseball coaches, this kid is what they describe as a dirt bag. Yeah. He is, he, he is just a baseball guy. And he can do it all. Literally can do it all. He is at Northwest he, uh, Community College. He's a sophomore. He will be playing again somewhere. For sure. Um, Trace Henry at University of Louisiana Monroe. Uh, probably one of the best outfielders I've ever coached. Lead off hitter for us. Awesome. Uh Jared Johnson from Smithville, currently yeah. in the Braves organization. I never coached him, but uh, I got to watch him pitch against TCPS in the playoffs. I was hopeful that I would get to coach him, but uh, the Braves had other plans as long as did Mississippi State. Um, but electric fastball. And then Ryan Wesson uh, from Baldwin coached him. Um, he was a 2015 guy, wound up being UAB's Saturday guy, really, really good player. Uh, and then the last two, close to heart, two guys that we honored in our uh, Legion Hall of Fame, Chris Stratton and Brandon Woodruff, both currently playing professional baseball. Uh, just once in a generation talents. Yeah. You know. Speaking of some baseball, I saw when I, earlier in the last decade, I was living in uh, South Haven. Dad was coaching up at, the, at South Haven High School. I was living in DeSoto County. Uh, I was there during the uh, DeSoto Central South Haven oh, years when it was uh, South Haven had Vance Tatum. Wyatt Short, Henry Lartigue, and then the big left, tall lefty that played in Memphis, and then DeSoto Central had Austin Riley and the rest of them. There was there were two years in a row that DeSoto Central and South Haven played for the North Half Championship, where there was not a D one, a pitcher did not step on the mound unless they were Division One. Yeah, I was pitcher. I was at that North Half when the South nuts. Haven won. It was insane. Absolutely, nuts. it was a great crowd. But yeah, th- that that would be the ones I would uh, I that and that South Haven team. Talent top to bottom was in Mississippi was one of the better ones I saw in the decade. Incredible. In the decade, for absolutely sure. incredible. I mean, Lartigue was a all conference. And you know, catcher. like a year, la- you know, and DeSoto Central was the, they were younger then. They were because then they dominated the next two or three years when those guys left. And they're still it's crazy. They're still, they're still dominating. dominating. Yeah. Um, this is fun. And I don't know if you have this, but this is my football. And, oh, one. by the what the catcher, the catcher from Pontotoc. Oh, Hayden Harris. Hayden Harris, yeah. Oh, he, he was another baller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Currently at Jones. Yeah, that was the last one I had. To. Another guy I had to try to figure out how to get out. Um, but uh, football, I did one, and I did uh, just one at each position group. I could have done this. I could have gone for days on this one. I right. spent the most time on this one. My quarterback, over the past 10 years, that, that just my favorite, the one I love watching the most, the one that I thought that was most talented cerebrally and athletically, Jacob Carter. Okay. And, and I know it sounds biased. Um, but uh, at running back, Gabe Harmon, a little Pontotoc flair to it, but I mean, he—if you watch Gabe Harmon, you—if you got to watch Gabe Harmon, you will never live to see another kid of that size do what he did with right. the football in his hands. Uh, the Patterson cousins at Corinth, uh, Tam and I uh, can't remember the other one. Cam uh, graduate. One graduated last year. One graduates this year. Uh, and then Ike Chandler, we saw earlier, right. just just electric players, absolutely electric players, man. So uh, wide receivers. This is a good list right here. Uh, two guys who are 
have a game this weekend. Uh, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. For sure, right? I saw both of those guys in high school. If they weren't on that and list. And it was not fair. It was yeah, literally it was not. the same way it's not fair now. It was ten times not fair then. Yeah, but, but his three-cone time was bad. Oh, God. <laughs> three-cone. Why don't you even run the three-cone? Anyway, uh, Jacob Horn. Fun yeah. receiver to watch this year. Yeah. Uh, Raphael Leonard, from uh, it was the guy that played on the opposite side of the field as A.J. Brown. And then Jason Brownlee from West Point, uh, currently uh, at EMCC, signed with Southern Miss. I got to see him last year. Those are some receivers I got to see. I don't have a tight end. There's not a tight end that really just stood out to me over the past 10 years that I can just be like, man, that's a great tight end. Yeah. Because a lot of the times it's an H-back or a fullback, and sometimes they play him at tight end. But You know what we'll do? We'll go uh, J.J. Piggies by proxy. Fair. Yeah. Very fair. J.J. Piggy's by proxy. There we go. <laughs> uh, my I mean, offensive lineman, Cole Smith. Cole Smith. Uh, dude, I, yeah. and that's not because he was from Pontotoc. This I've never seen an offensive lineman more dominant at the high school level. Never. He's going to play this year, right? Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, he's going to yeah, play, yeah. right? He's, he'll be eligible in the fall. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Ho- hopefully he'll get some run. Uh, I hope so. Uh, he should the, be their two-deep center, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Gradu- you're graduating the center, for yeah. sure. Uh, on the defensive line, I had three. Two, you're not going to know. One, uh, you actually, you will know this. It was a guy named Vincent McIntosh from Shannon. He was also their running back that salted away to put Pontotoc out of the playoffs. The kid's like 290, yep, and he played all that. game and stopped the run against he us. It was a bowling ball. And then they gave him the ball the whole fourth quarter, and we couldn't stop. He was so big. We were tired and undersized. The other, same thing, same time I saw Jason Brownlee, kid by the name of Jalen Kunjus. He's at East Mississippi now, played defensive end for West Point. One of the most incredible athletes I've ever seen play defensive end. He didn't even look like a defensive end. He looked like a like a small forward in basketball. He's tall, real thin. He's probably not now, but uh, unbelievable player. And then I got to see Chris Jones at Houston. Yeah, I was about to say, he's my guy. played against Pontotoc, and my gosh, man, unbelievable. Uh, best linebacker I saw, Jet Johnson from Tupelo and Absolutely. Carter Bonds from Corinth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, defensive backs, Ralph Dunn. And and Caleb Triplett had it on lock three years ago. Unbelievable. Uh, Brandon Turnage from Lafayette. Yes. Uh, when we played him in North Half at Pontotoc, unbelievable player. And then Denver McQuarrie from Houston led the state in interceptions. He was an absolute magnet for the football. And then special teams, uh, Jack Tannehill from Oxford. And then uh, Josh Smith, kicker from Tupelo, signed with East Mississippi. I don't know where he's going now. And then another guy from Tupelo that was a kick returner, running back, wide receiver, everything, by the name of Quinn Tigg, signed with yeah, North Texas. I remember him. About six years ago, I think. Phenomenal player. But that's my football list, man. I, I, I spent some time on that. Dude, you did. I'm impressed by that. Um, what- Channing Ward was one year. He was an 09. Yeah, he was he an 09 guy. He most certainly made the tight end DL list. Yeah, Phenomenal. for sure. Um, just uh, I was going to – I really can't add anything to it, um, just be honest with you, because those are really some of the, the best of the yeah. best in the area. The one thing I would throw out there is you're talking about DBs. Yeah. I would uh, insert West Point player here. You uh, know what I mean? Or, or linebacker. Safety, you know what I'm literally. saying? Literally. Any of those guys. You could, well, number 28. <laughs> yeah, whoever that like, guy is. You know, it's like Bond <laughs> Hinchman number three. Yeah. But those guys there. And, you, and Shannon always has a plethora oh of guys playing the back half of their defense. So. Arcedo Clark was one year. He was. He was an 09. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, no, no doubt. There's man. a bunch of them there for sure. Um, that's and I could have done like a second, third, fourth, and fifth team. Yeah, out of that list right there. Yeah, you know, I was trying to think of when I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so it you uh, when I was at South Haven up there watching South Panola, Isaac Gross would qualify. 
Yeah. I think he would be yeah. he would be yeah, phenomenal. He, yeah, he would be because I, I remember him, he killed Dominique Harris, who was the good quarterback literally. for Charlie, and he literally killed him <laughs> one night. And then of course uh N'Kobe Dean. Oh dude. He was a he was a good player. But uh, that that that's really all I can add. You know what I mean? And unfortunately I just picked two <laughs> all America, like well, Nick, all I watched Nicobe Dean have nine tackles in Georgia's bowl game yeah. a week ago. He's going to be a pro, by the Woo! way. He's going to be a pro. Unreal. Well, what else you got on your list there? So Chief? I've got a couple more things. What I, one thing I did, and this is because well, I'm currently employed in Tupelo, I was a Tupelo high grad, and I didn't give Brian time to do this, but I did a Mount Rushmore of Tupelo over the 2010s, and I picked uh, four athletes, four different sports, male sports. Uh, Chris Stratton was my baseball player. Antonio Green was my basketball player. J-Rock, Jaquarius Williams was mm-hmm. my football player. And then Johannes Sognas was my soccer player. That would be my Tupelo High Big Four Men's Sports Mount Rushmore. Well, what I was going to do, I, I was going to choose one that I was going to talk about, like the the pound-for-pound pound best athlete in their sport. You know what I mean? You know, like regardless of how long they were yeah. here, uh, nobody has had a better season in the history of Tupelo sports than Johannes Sognus in soccer last year. Unbelievable. You remember some of those stats? By the way, give, give, give a little bit of quick backstory on Johannes for the folks who might be new to the podcast this season. Okay, so I don't want to say every year, but out of the goodness of their heart, the West family, uh, it, typically Luke, Luke yeah. uh, gets exchange students every year. And, you know, you never really know what you're going to get. One of them may be a soccer player. One may be a piano player. One may be a an excellent writer, but he, he does that every year. Uh, and they, they go to Tupelo, and we've been very, very fortunate. Last year we had two, uh, David Sevilla, who's now at ICC, and the aforementioned Johannes Sognus from Norway. And uh, when we got them, we didn't know. You know, we just they, – they, I guess they have some kind of sheet that they fill out. They put what they, their, their interests interest are, yeah. So, And here's the catch on this. Sometimes when you put interest – it says soccer, so we're thinking, hey, this guy's from Norway. He put his interest in soccer. Well, what, what's not understood by the majority of Americans is that everybody in Europe loves soccer. Yeah. So it, they, that doesn't mean necessarily it's they like can us play saying our soccer. interest is McDonald's. Everybody right. here is into McDonald's. I mean, it's the That's same exactly thing. right. Well, we get these two guys on campus, and Coach Fawcett, now last year was my first year back helping him. He, he said, we got a chance to be okay. You know, we're good. We'll see what the transfers are like. They took us to a different level. A complete, I mean, we went 18-1, and one, I think. Our only loss was our last game of the year. Uh, but Johannes, uh, he was undoubtedly the most feared player in the state. I mean, I, I've never seen – because, see, the, the bad teams, they couldn't game plan for him because we were just better than them. But the good teams, you could tell they had seen film, they had got word of mouth, you better stop number seven because if you don't, he will score five goals on you in the first half. He made really good teams look pedestrian. I mean, just I, I have never seen anything like it. But his he uh, he set a school record for goals, uh, thirty four goals in nineteen games. In nineteen games, and also had fourteen assists. So he was an unselfish player. But what's amazing about that, Brian, is uh, you know now soccer put in this year the mercy rule, which is after fifty minutes, if you're up seven goals, the game's over. Well, last year we won seven or eight games by double digits. Johannes only played a half for probably fourteen of those nineteen games, and that's I mean that's just that's just a test. I mean, and, and we, you know we're not trying to run the score up on anybody, and on top of that we want to rest our starters so they don't get hurt too. If we wanted to, he I mean, 50. legitimately, uh, he could have scored 100. Yeah. And his unselfishness, sometimes he probably, like, 
Oh, which, there were times he gave up shots. Well, and he would see a teammate down the field with an open shot on goal, and yeah. he'd be like, I won't go down there and get this ball. I'll let him have it. Yeah. I mean, you know that. I mean, that, that happened. I had a few lunches with him after church at the country club because I'm good <laughs> friends with the West. Yeah. Him and him and David, good dude, Top-notch man. guys. Love them to death. They the, still come around to say hey. And now. they're going to go far in life. They really, no doubt. They really are. And they, I, I really have enjoyed getting to meet them, for but sure. The other thing I did as a Mississippi State grad was did an MSU Mount Rushmore. Okay. Will um, you let me do an Ole Miss one after you? I want you to. Thank you, sir. Um, but my MSU Mount Rushmore, without a question, the mayor, Jake Mangum, for sure, is my baseball player. Maybe, maybe we'll go down as the best Mississippi State baseball player in the history of the program. Um, my basketball player on the men's side, Quindary Weatherspoon. He meant everything to the turnaround that was Mississippi State. I mean, now Mississippi State last year went to the tournament. The right. turnaround, it was, it was all cute. Yeah, because Malik Newman was the jewel of that class. He left after a year. Q stayed four. I was and I, got better every year. I mean, I thought you might have gone with Renardo Sydney. Okay, incorrect. My Not bad. a fan. Okay. I want to say this. That fight in Hawaii between him and Elgin Bailey, when you look at them in the stands, it looks like two 40-year-old men about to scrap over a pack of Newports. Literally. You know I mean? like they have like white, white It didn't help that Elgin Bailey had a wife beater on. That's what I'm saying. And it was like, really? And his shorts were kind of halfway It's like down. Renardo just spilt a beer on him or something. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Poor Morton salt on his sneakers or something. <laughs> Poor Taylor Luzak was trying to break that up. Him I want you to Google Riley a picture Beanock. of Taylor Luzer, Luzak after you <laughs> – uh, but on the women's side, Victoria Vivens has meant everything to Mississippi State's right. women's basketball surgeons to the upper echelon of women's basketball teams. And then, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. For sure. Some of the most amazing memories I have of Mississippi State sports were during his junior and senior season. Unbelievable player. Rebs. Okay. Um Football, I'm going to go a little bit off the – I wouldn't call it off the beaten path, uh, but this guy is my favorite player, and I think – It's your Mount Rushmore, Brian. Chad Kelly. Okay. And, and that's a good one. Yeah, he got – Brian, that's a good one. He was the best quarterback in our best era of the time. I agree. Uh, you know, um, took us further, you know what I mean, Like then we probably sure. could have been, you know, the Sugar Bowl – and I really think he was the most fierce competitor that stepped on the football field in the decade. Yeah, I mean there the, ain't no doubt. the fumble against LSU when he was trying to run on that fourth, like fourth and twelve to oh, win, yeah. like like, and he fumbled it and got just rocked by like two safeties and a linebacker. Oh, yeah. But I was just like, man, that guy, he didn't slide. He wasn't looking for to yeah. throw it to anybody. Um, I, I was a big fan of Chad Kelly. Um, basketball. Marshall Henderson. <laughs> Polarizing guys. Yeah, 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 Marshall Henderson. Um, baseball, there are several names that I probably could go with. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? The 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 man, the pitchers that were early in the in the decade. I don't I can't remember if Cozart was this decade. I don't think he mm, was. Been last. But I'm gonna go with the guy who I think epitomizes the entire program of women's baseball. I'm gonna go with Kessinger. That's that's good. I mean, because and here's why. Uh they didn't get. I mean, they didn't get where they should have been. Yeah, it, it is what it is. But he hit one seventy five as a freshman, mm-hmm. and then he <laughs> he broke up with my sister and got in batting cage. <laughs> but uh, he totally changed his game. He went from a guy that everybody thought was underachieving to a yeah. first team All American. I think he third won, round draft pick. third round draft pick, and he's going to make money playing There's professional no baseball. He's um, a prototypical MLB shortstop. Yeah, I, I, he's he just great. Gray is. 
he's my guy. I mean, just being honest. Um, you know who I would have gone with? Who would you have gone with? John Gatlin. Would you? <laughs> he's your guy, too. He's got the most important at bat in the history of Ole Miss baseball. He does. He does. Think he, about it. He, was that the one to get us to Omaha? The win in Omaha. The win in the Omaha. That's right. Texas yeah, Tech. that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was, man. And you know, Bo- Johnny G. You know, you got guys like Bobby Wall was a fantastic, oh, fantastic pitcher. But I'd go Kessinger as my baseball guy. Um, I'm going to go with the golfer instead of a basketball girls basketball nice. player. Nice. Newberry? Thornberry. Thornberry. Yeah, my yeah, bad. Braden my bad. Yeah, Braden, I don't know. I was thinking Braden. Golf. I was thinking Braden Newberry. Braden Thornberry. I'd put him on there. And uh, I guess that'd be – yeah, that'd be that, that'd be my four. Yeah, because I, I just can't it's think of four. I can't think of a no offense in the last. You said decade, they hadn't been very successful. They haven't been. You know, um, prior to that, it'd be you know, Armini. Armini Price yeah. for sure. You know, uh, but yeah, that would be mine. I would go with uh, Marshall, Chad Kelly, Gray, and Thornberry. That'd be mine. Good, good four. Not bad. Good four. Not bad. Well, Brian, I do have one more little deal as far as sports is concerned to wrap it up. I want. Oh, I didn't do soccer. And this is just personal, I guess. But these are the best girls soccer players that I had the chance to coach in the 2010s or or coach against. The three best girls soccer players that I coached, Shelby Drope, Summer Jensen, Sarah Witt. Mm -hmm. Just from a talent perspective, just on a different level than just about everybody else in high school. For sure. The two best I coached against, Morgan O'Connor. Two-time Daily Journal Player of the Year, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year, now at Ole Miss Amory? as a freshman. Where'd she play? No, uh, Oxford. Oxford, okay. Yeah, phenomenal player. Abs- probably the best I've ever seen outside of, well, her, and then there's two more actually. Allie Halton from Lafayette County, also at Ole Miss. Could not beat her in division play. Absolute thorn in my side. I actually tweeted the Gatorade people. Or actually, the Gatorade Player of the Year people, the year she won it. She won it the year before Morgan O'Connor's junior and senior year. She won it her sophomore year. And uh, the Gatorade people from the state of New York called me at work and said, uh, hey, is this Coach Holland? I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, uh, just want to know, are you still at Pontotoc? Was I, well, I just took a new job, actually. He said, uh, could, well, could you comment? Or No, I was still at Pontotoc. He said, could you, uh, could you com- comment on uh, Allie Halton? I said, why are you getting one from me? He said, well, we got a quote from her head coach. We wanted to get a quote from somebody that coached against her, and you played against her four times in the past two years. They printed this in the Gatorade magazine. I'm glad she's graduated. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the other one was Charday Hanna from Tupelo, Ooh, South okay. Alabama star. Yeah. There's phenomenal players. But the, the, the burning question that I've got for you, uh, Brian, and, and you brought this to my attention, and I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, star of the future in professional sports. Okay. Who you got? Who is gonna? Who are we gonna be talking about in the twenty twenties? Well, I'll, not to cross over uh, too many sports because you know we might share a few. Sure. I'll just give you my basketball guys. Okay. I think the two guys who are in the, in the NBA, maybe even in college, but just these two guys are in the NBA that are going to be the guys we talk about for the next decade. I think we're going to be Luka Doncic and Ja Morant. Luca, that that literally would have been my two, and I'm adding Rui Hachimura because I'm biased. Okay, well I know for a fact Luca and John Morant are going to be up there. Uh, give me give me some of your guys. Give me a give me a baseball and a football football guy. Football, this hasn't even happened yet, but it's just destined to me. Joe Burrow is the next big thing at quarterback in the NFL. Okay, 
I also think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the next big thing in, in the NFL because, you know, quarterbacks and stars in the NFL go in, in, in generations. You right, know, they like do. We're on the back end of Brady, Rodgers, Ryan, Breeze. Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. And then we'll get a new wave for the next 10 years or 15 years, whatever. And I think Joe Burrow and Jimmy Garoppolo are going to are gonna head that up. I, I just – I'm blown away. Jimmy Garoppolo – the only reason I say that is I saw a little documentary on, on SportsCenter. Not a documentary. They were just kind of talking about him a little bit. And uh, he – they showed him breaking down what – how to go through a two-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And it was in San Francisco like two years ago before they got really, really good. And you could tell – Man, that guy has spent some time with some really smart people with right. the quarterback position. Obviously, he was Brady's understudy mm-hmm. for forever. Been he went to Hofstra, right? Uh, Delaware. Flacco was Delaware. Flacco was Delaware. New Hampshire. It was. It was one of the Eastern Illinois because it's the same college that Tony Romo. That went Tony to. Romo went That's to. That's it. Okay. But um, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, both of them. And then um, basketball, like I said, I agree with you, uh, Luka Doncic. Um, John ja Morant, and I just love Rui, man. I love left-handed basketball players. I don't know what it is, but Rui is one. Uh, baseball, this is going to be really, really cliche, but I think his best years are still now. It's Mike Trout. I mean, okay. he's he is the modern-day Mickey Mantle. And I'm a Braves fan. It's tough for me to say that. But th- th- this guy, I mean, he, I mean, he's only been in the league five, six, seven years. He hasn't hit his power surge yet. I mean, he's going to hit his power surge in the next two or three years. I, I mean, I, I still think this is a guy – I think when you and I do this podcast in 2030, we're going to be talking about how great Mike Trout was. But, you know, it's it's. I think he is the modern-day Mickey Mantle. I think, I think he's, 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 he's not polarizing. Every fan of every team loves him. Uh, but he's my baseball guy, man, for sure. I'll go with Ronald Acuna. And I love Ronald. And uh, I just want him to get out of the box. I think more. he's going to be a big one. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the guy for uh, the White Sox, I think. Uh, Eloy, Tim Anderson. No, Eloy Jimenez. Oh, okay. I think Eloy's going to be a guy. He's going to hit a power Good. surge. And Ain't no doubt. We'll be talking about him. Uh, Tatis Jr., Vlad. <laughs> Those four. Flat Junior is so much. Those fun, those dude. are those are the four that I think are, are going to be are going to be very very big good players. Um, oh yeah, to, to answer your thing, you this will be. This will be Trout's eighth season, so he's played okay. seven. So I mean, he's still okay. so young. I mean, well, I mean, it's like he got drafted at seventeen. Yeah, he's, so he's, he's not twenty-five years old. Yeah, I must say he's not thirty. You know, it's it's got it's insane, man. He's twenty-eight. Twenty-eight years old. So yes. he's got he's got five, six really good power years still in. Yeah, baseball him. decline starts about thirty-seven of the of the biggins. Of, of yeah, yeah, thirty-five to thirty-seven. Right. Your big hitters. Yeah, they, they, they. hand-eye coordination. You know. Uh, yeah. Pujols really started dipping at 35. Yeah, he did. He started dipping at 35. He so. did. Yeah, but that's a good list, man. Yeah, it's awesome. That was fun. I think the Braves win a World Series in the next four years. That needs to happen. I really think so. For all of us. So. I think so. <laughs> well, uh, I guess a little more pop culture talk. Yeah. Moving on from sports. Yeah. What was your favorite movie you saw the past decade? Well, when you brought that topic to me, I really didn't have anything off the top of my head. And I say that because... I'm a movie guy. I love movies. Right. Uh, I mean, I like going to the movies and watching movies. Um, three that I saw in theaters that I will never forget, kind of in the same vein, the first two. One was called Sicario. Yeah. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. Uh, it's a guy. And, and the thing that I love about it, and I love movies like this, is you really don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy until the end. And he turns out to be a good guy. But, man, it was uh, that the, the way that movie made me feel was – Really, really, just like wow! Uh, Zero Dark Thirty, 
I loved watching that. I mean, I'm not a history buff, but like I can appreciate important history. And that was an important, you know, the, it was the assassination of, of Osama bin Laden. Right. And uh, just watching how that was, I guess, I, I didn't watch how it was filmed, but you could kind of tell that they had to be like really ticky tack about detail and, and like names and conversations that happened in the movie. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. And then the other one I had, because I don't even know if you know this about me, Brian, I am a James Bond guy. Okay. And I love Skyfall. I've seen every James Bond movie. In the Daniel Craig era, every other James Bond movie has been good. Okay. Do you remember anything of Quantum of Solace or Spectra? I have not even seen the opening credits of any of them. And don't. (laughs) Because Casino Royale was good, and then I thought Skyfall was phenomenal. Skyfall was the first time in the Bond, in the history of Bond, where they revisited his childhood. He re- revisited his right. past, and it was. It, I just. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm going to make a confession here on the uh, What's Happening podcast, episode one of season two. I cannot say that I've watched a James Bond film in my entire life, McKinley, and I apologize for that. None of them. I mean, I know a lot about them. I know, I know the guys that have played James Bond. You got Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, T-Dall. Sean Connery. Daniel Craig, and then uh, that one random dude who was in one of them. Yeah, one. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I wish y'all could see Max's face. I, I don't. I don't. I, it's like I almost don't even believe you. Yeah, I'm, I know. I, I think I took a date to watch one of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Goldeneye. Tomorrow. Tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never dies. Wasn't very good. Yeah, I think we Pierce left Brosnan early was to not go. A very good bond. I think we left early to go ride the loop. Yeah, being for real. Well, I got Skyfall and Casino Royale right over there. I was a bigger Austin Powers fan. Well, you would be even. He got the mightiest bigger. touch, but he touched it too much. He go member. You would be a bigger Austin Powers fan if you saw okay. a Bond film. All right. I may just give you my top five Bond films and let you take them home. Okay. I mean, I I know that there's ones like. There's one where they play the game against each other. I know where there's one where Oddjob takes his hat off and knocks the head off of a statue. You That's know, right. I mean, like I, I mean, I know Jaws is in there. Correct. The guy from Happy Gilmore. I mean, I, I mean, like I, I just don't know. I know one of the women's name is Octopussy. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I know there's a Goldfinger. That's correct. Is that, that, that's that's all I know. I just know it's trivia. Okay. I don't. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. There's stuff I haven't seen. I'll do better. That you. It's okay. I'll do better. But anyway. Those are three pretty good films, though. I've heard good things about all those. So. What are yours? Um, let's see. I will say uh, recently I really enjoyed uh, Ready Player One. Yes. I really enjoyed Ready Player One. Um, it wasn't, like I said, the greatest movie of all time, but it was very entertaining, and it was just kind of in my wheelhouse. Sure. Um, I, man, I thought The Dark Knight, the the last of those. And the new Joker Dark was Knight good. Dark Knight Rises? The, 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 the last Heath Ledger film. Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Yeah. 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 So yeah I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I got two I need to add to this. What are they? And they're in a different vein. Go ahead. I loved Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence. They're both uh, like paranoid schizophrenics. Okay. Going through therapy. They find each other in the same town and they're overcoming their own. It's just good. Uh, it's got a little bit of something for everybody about mental health. Uh, and then I loved a movie called A Place Beyond the Pines. 
Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper. Uh, it's just a, it's one of those movies where everything comes full circle. Things that happened in the past is a reason they're happening now, and you have to come to the realization of it. It's both both really good films. I saw in the theater. I'll say uh, other two films I really enjoyed recently as well. Uh, I enjoyed the two Deadpool films. Yeah, I'm a big fan of of those. Okay. Uh, man, and I'm sh- I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't go to many movies in the first half of. I guess you would say the decade I just didn't. I mean, but like in the last five years, I've yeah. gone to many more. Uh, but yeah, but my favorite. Brian and I saw Uncut Gems. We over did. Christmas. We did. It was entertaining, very anxiety ridden, and melodramatic. Yeah, at and the end. And I'll say this too: if you are easily offended by a film fully acting out stereotypes of certain ethnicities and races, then don't go because this film it hits them all. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. It, I mean, it's stereotypes, Jewish folks, African-Americans, white New folks York in the city. Folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Polish gangsters, all of it. So, yeah. you know, it's entertaining, but I'll be honest with you, I, I cannot recommend that you see it because if you don't like it, I don't want you to tell me either. <laughs> yeah. And Brian and I still can't really figure out if we like it or not. It was good. Yeah, yeah it was It was entertaining, <laughs> but I don't know if it was, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the. I don't know that I'd tell somebody else to go see it. Yeah. But I, I'll say this, my favorite movie of the last decade, and it is one I've seen recently, but I, I, I did a little research trying to, you know, look into the high points of films throughout the past decade. And my favorite film of the past decade is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I absolutely. I still have not seen it. I love Tarantino, it. Tarantino, right? Yes. I got to see it. I love it. it. I bet I've watched it since it's come out. I watched it once in theaters, and since it's come out, I probably watched it five or six times at yeah. the house. It is just, it's a. It is the reason I like it is because Tarantino films are very dialogue driven. Sure, but they're outlandish in their dialogue. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, you know what I mean. Yes, this out one there. is not outlandish. Like it is normal talk between two yeah. people, but like the things that come out of their mouth are so normal that it's funny. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's like every man talking. Brad Pitt's good in it. Leo, I really feel like Leonardo DiCaprio should win Best Actor for just how good he. He'll be up for it. He is. He does a great job of playing a B movie actor. And that's what he's. I got you. But anyway, but but I, I love the film. Uh, yeah, and I'm also I'm a big fan of bad films, but I can't really think of any off the top of my head yeah. that are bad. But. I've gotten to where now, if I'm going to the movie theater and I'm spending money, like I want it to be something that that's worth my two right. hours, yeah. three hours, whatever. But yeah, um, I can tell you one that was recent that you put me off on that I put my mother and niece off on that was really good was uh, the Joker. Joker. They watched it the other night, and man, they they were blown. I away I bet like your mom ate that. Up. Oh, she she sent me like eight texts in a row. And I just kept responding, Kay, Kay, you were right. This is perfect behavior for, okay, Kay, I know you'd like it. Enjoy, <laughs> Kay. <laughs> but another movie coming out pretty soon that I uh, want to see. I actually think me and Gore may be going this weekend if you'd like to join us. 1917. I, I, yeah. I've seen the previews. I, I, we're, we're, I don't know if it's this weekend, but we're, we're going to try to go see that. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I guess wrapping up a little movie talk. There's one thing. It's got me excited like no other. That Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. I saw the trailer. Man, it ooh, it got my blood my blood going. It got me excited. I really think it's going to be something special. I think it's going to be it's going to Ghostbuster fandom. Everybody loves Ghostbusters. True that. And Ghostbusters 2 is my favorite film of all time and it's not better than Ghostbusters 1, but as far as sequels go, it's the most enjoyable sequel I can think of. It's an enjoyable it's film. Good. It's enjoyable. They should have let it be two films, but Hollywood made it be one. They want to be two 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 hour films and made it one two and a half hour film. Um but I think this new 
film is going to absolutely create an entire new fan base of people, millennials, younger people who sure. weren't really big fans. And I think it's going to be really cool because, I mean, all the old folks are in it. Yeah. And Paul Rudd is one of those kind of people. He's multi-generational. That's true. So I think he's the big the big linchpin there for sure. But it's got me excited. So, And I still haven't caught The Irishman, by the way. I'm working you on it. To, it took me three nights. <laughs> but, but it's worth it. It's good. By the way, did you watch the Golden Globes the other night? I did. Enjoyed it. Ricky Gervais is Loved an it. absolute man. Loved he it. is uh, – he's modern-day Don Rickles. There Rickles. is nothing more I love than that opening eight minutes. Oh, man. And and I'll say this. He's a he's a 100% admitted atheist, and he, he can say what he wants to in that regard. He doesn't push his thoughts and beliefs up on anybody unless they try to push them on him. But when he told people, don't come up here and talk politics, get on the stage, get your award, and F off. <laughs> Amazing. It was great. And he's like the modern-day uh, – it, it, that that speech was in the same vein as like the Chappelle show skit. Like he yeah, made yeah. fun of everybody. Yeah, he did. He didn't. He didn't like. He even made fun. He made fun of Tom Hanks, and he received the Lifetime achievement. Well, he you did. know, it's like really. But he no, did. he he killed that. He Absolutely, killed he, it. he man, he's fantastic. Well, you know, we're always big in movies. What's your best? What's your best meal of the last decade? Oh, Brian, you thought I was going with music because I led you with that. But what's you your did. best meal? The best meal. I have had in the past ten years. You can give me like okay. You, yeah. I, I can. I can give me three. Sure, give me three. Sure yeah, it's harder. The best meal that I've had. I can actually do this. The the singled out meal that was better than any meal I've had in the past ten years was at a place called Keen's Steakhouse in yeah, New, New York. York. City. I've, I've said this before, uh, but in twenty sixteen, I believe I went up to see uh, my buddy Will and his wife Laura. Uh, over it was either Christmas or spring break or Thanksgiving. I don't remember when it was, but we had to get reservations like six months in advance, and uh, it was voted New York's best steakhouse the year we went. Like it, it was every my our cocktail waiter had a degree from Villanova, and that I don't know how that came up in conversation. I can't remember, but like I was sitting there thinking the whole time, you've got a it was a doctorate degree. He's a PhD from Villanova. And you're a cocktail waiter at a steakhouse. So I'm sitting there thinking, this guy must be making $250,000 a year if that's what he chose right. to do. You know, with a, with a Ph.D. from Villanova. But I had the what most people around here would call the surf and turf, which was steak and lobster. It's the most money I've ever spent on food in my life. Uh, but it was it, everything about the meal was memorable. Like every bite, the way it was prepared, the way it was presented. Uh, the way it was explained to us, the menu was explained to us. It was phenomenal. I had to wear nice clothes. Right. Like khakis and like button down. <laughs> no wife beater. <laughs> yeah. That's you. funny. Um, man. Uh, Marshall Steakhouse, December 2019. <laughs> oh, man. Marshall Steakhouse is way up there. That was a really good one. I'll say this. I've been to a lot of good restaurants. You know, um, I mean, I mean, I've taken, I mean, I've been to flight a couple times. Yeah. You know, Grace and I went to flight a couple times. Uh I really don't even think of the food making necessarily the meal the better the best part about the meal. It's kind of about the uh, everything that goes into it, sure. like who you're with, why you're there, blah yeah. blah. Um, Denver Biscuit Co. Uh, when I went with my friend Kyle Matkins out to Denver for the first time, we went to a Red Rock show. It was really awesome. I never had anything like this kind of gigantic biscuit with gravy and self serve coffee. Yeah, it was. It was called the Franklin. It was really good. Denver Biscuit Co. was really fantastic. Um, I've had two meals at, like, Brazilian steakhouses, and I would rather go, and 
these are not the best steaks I've ever had. But I went one time with Chris and Natalie for Chris's birthday to Texas Day Brazil, and I was the third wheel on their date, and it was one of the best, most fun meals I've had. Um, Chris didn't. That's eat, the most Chris Vandiver meal. Chris I think didn't of. eat all day so that he could eat all the he food. Did it wrong, but he did it wrong because he, you know, he wasn't full. And Natalie ate a hundred dollars worth of food off the salad bar. That was always the begin, <laughs> the rookie mistake. And those bananas. Um, oh, God, but then an, another really fun meal, and this is along that same vein. My friend Will Ruff got married, and we went to his bachelor party. We rented a really nice cabin just outside of Chattanooga, and we went to the Rodizio Grill, which Ooh. is the exact same kind of thing. Churrascaria. Yeah. Uh, was it, or, That's what a Brazilian Is it a churrascaria or a churrascaria? It's whatever you just said. <laughs> I don't know, but either way. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I know how it's spelled. But, uh, man, those, those two things were really fun. They weren't the best ones that I've had, but I will say my favorite meal, and I of all even the over the fish house Fridays that we've had, uh two thousand and fifteen, I was in a tough spot. Uh dad was not doing well. I think the whatever beautiful woman I was dating, she hit the dusty trail at that time. Um actually just told me to get out of her house. <laughs> but uh uh Nick Weaver, my friend and his he was going to speak at the National Stuttering Friends Convention in Charlotte. And he uh, he called me and said, hey, man, jump in the car, picking you up. So he came and picked me up. And he's like, just a road trip, me and him and Augusta, his wife, who was pregnant at the time. Or no, no, she, she was, maybe she just had their first kid. And anyway, uh, we drove all the way to Charlotte and uh, went to the, the stuttering convention. And on the way back, he went out of the way and we drove to uh, the Peddler in Gatlinburg, which is my favorite steakhouse. And he took me to dinner there. He was just like, man, I know you need this. That that is a really it's a good deal. That's a memorable time. That and then uh, the first time I went to Aretha Frankenstein's in Chattanooga, which is my favorite restaurant in the entire world, by the way. Nice. So yeah, very yeah, good. But that, that's what I had food wise. So we lost Shockley's in the twenty teens. We that, I have the sign in there that went above the, the the kitchen fryers. What that in Cancun? And lost Cancun too. <laughs> the restaurant. Not the city. The city's still there. Still there. If the cartels have We've already it. mentioned Sicario once. <laughs> but, but no, uh, it made me think of that. The Shockley's. I remember eating my la- the last meal I ever ate at Shockley's. I, I, re- I went there too not talking, too long before. Talking to yeah. Buck Rogers' mama. She said, yeah, yeah we're, we're closing in a week. Yeah. I said, well, I'll be back again. I'll see you and soon. I, and I came, I came back the day before they closed. And then I went back the day after they closed. They're inside getting their things together. I said, how much would it cost for me to get that sign? Said you got a screwdriver? I said I'll pull around back. You know things we've gotten in the past decade, food wise. Neon Pig, KOK, Mitch, Blue Canoe, Adam. They're all in the in PVT. All in the last of ten course, years. Of course, Pizza vs. Taco. But yeah, I mean those have all been. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Pound for pound, America's best food town for sure. For sure. T-shirts coming, folks. For sure. Well, but before, Music. I was about to say, before we wrap music. it up, let's talk some music. Give me give me some folks you came across in the last decade. Three off the top of my head. One more in the line of vein of music that you listen to particularly, mm-hmm. The Revivalist. Okay. Uh, I, I'll say this. I probably first heard them in the late 2000s, but I really got into them in the 20-teens. Remind me to I show would, you pictures of David Shaw wearing his I'd appreciate jeans. that. Okay, and then I'm still waiting for the date for the block party on Soul Fight and Wish I Knew are two awesome. Soul Fight is such a good song. If either of us ever get married, Soul Fight will be played at one of those weddings, if not both. There, you ain't never lied. But anyway, 
the revivals, no one. question. Uh, and then I have always been a unapologetic country music fan. Two guys that have come on the scene in the last three, four years that I've just really, really, really learned to enjoy or, or grown to love. And it wasn't one of those deals where, like, I heard a song and I didn't really like it the first time. You know, I'll wait until, you know, another one comes out, you know, whatever. Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen. I love them both. Uh, I think they're both phenomenal. I have paid for every song of their on their albums onto my phone. Before you let me on your friends and family Spotify, I actually purchased their music. That's how much I liked them. Uh, but I'm and I'm going to see Morgan Wallen March seventh. So uh, really excited about that. And I'm I'm gonna go catch Luke Combs next time he comes around for sure. I saw you tweeting Morgan Wallen. He hadn't replied yet. <laughs> He's going to though. He will as soon as they they're on tour. <laughs> Those are good ones. Um, I have come across, man, a lot of folks. Uh, you could probably spend 30 minutes. Man, I could probably give you about 30 different episodes of a podcast. Like, Literally. Like, like I could go through my mental Rolodex, and that would be a fun podcast, me just to talk about the different experiences. I wish I could be candid in <laughs> those. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would say here, um, Man, Andy Frasco, first and foremost. The first time he came to Blue Canoe, Adam Morgan put a post out and said, y'all need to come watch this guy. He's pretty wild and crazy. And he was right. And, man, he's become a pal. You know what I mean? Like, like, we're friends. We're legit friends. Like I'm, He's like my friend through a friend. He was a, one of our first big podcast guests. It was. It was a real fun one, too, it man. It was. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, – man, like I said, I'm going to go watch him in January and then hop on the bus, I How hope. How many times have you seen Andy now? Man, since 2012 when I first started. I mean, you haven't not you hadn't missed him in Tupelo. No, I mean I'm probably between Tupelo and Memphis and Oxford and Birmingham and Atlanta and Nashville. I'm over 20 times. I don't doubt it. Yeah, I mean, and and um, I'm gonna go watch him in Nashville, and he plays the next night in Birmingham. So I'm just gonna hop on the bus or follow the bus. He they oh, they spent a lot at my house last time they were at Tupelo. That's so awesome. Yeah. So Andy Frasco's one big one. Um, Luthy. Luthie, yeah. I'm a big fan of Luthie, and we've talked about them. Um, I'm just a big fan. Uh, Breakbot, somebody that I've come across recently. Yeah. Breakbot's along the same lines as Daft Punk. I think Breakbot has put out the best pop song of the last decade. So, you know, Lizzo has the song uh, Juice. Yes. Breakbot has done a remix of that song, and it's really? pretty much just like Lizzo with better background music and a few robot voices. It's way better. So break breakbot's a good one. Share that on our friends and family Spotify. Feed. I will absolutely share that with you. Um, and man, just the Isbel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sturgill, like all that stuff. But Dolls and Tyler Childers, Tyler Childers are the so two good. that like. And I mean, I I love Sturgill. Don't get me wrong, but I, I mean, he's come. I've known of him so long. Like even before he became Sturgill, that like I feel like I've been talking about that for longer than a decade. But Dolls and Tyler Childers, I actually first heard of Dolls in 2010, so it's been a literal. It was a literal decade. Uh, and man, like I said, then Americana music is my genre. Those two are Vince Gill. Well, yeah, I mean, we have to mention. <laughs> yeah, Vince I mean, Gill, my love yeah. of him is always there. Um, but yeah, man, I just. Uh, Music is my thing, and in the last decade, I've really got to, I guess, explore different genres, different types of music, uh, but I always seem to go back to the music I always listen to, and the music that I currently listen to 
is reminiscent. Reflects it. Of, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that's just the way it always is. Like, the other the other day I, I would. I get that feeling, too. Like, like if I'm listening to, uh, like, I love Jason uh, Isbell's version of Cover Me Up. Yeah. It's so good. And then here, Morgan Wallen remakes it, and it's so good. And it, yeah, like, but like, and that, to, to that same vein, you're talking about, like, I listen to Luke Combs and I think of like old Brooks and Dunn songs. And then there they remake a Brooks and Dunn song with Luke Combs. Brand new I, man. Yeah. And then I listen to, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just really cool to me, man. Like, I, I, I love like that kind of stuff you're talking about. And the thing about music that's funny is you can actually come across music in the last 10 years that was actually 40 years old. Like right. For instance, in the last year, I've come across the music of Guy Clark. Guy Clark made his best music in the 70s and 80s. You right. know what I mean? Like He's been dead since 2016. Sure. And, you know, um, there's just there's just all kind of stuff that, like I said, I've really become a big fan of Merle Haggard in the last decade. Yeah. Merle Haggard's been around forever. Or was, True you know, so it's just, and I think my love of Merle Haggard really became a big deal because of my friend Dustin Berryhill sure. and Sturgill. Sturgill is a big Merle Haggard guy. Right. So. Anyway, what, what, give me uh, before we wrap up, and I, I I don't know if you're this kind of guy, but I don't know if you make New Year's resolutions or anything like that. But give me one thing you would like to see yourself do in 2020. Not necessarily better, but like, what is one thing you want to do, and what is one thing you would like to see yourself change? One thing, and this will sound really weird as a New Year's re- resolution, but but it is kind of one that I have thought about over the past week. I want to see myself become more habitual. Ooh, okay. About the things that I don't do that need I need to do. Okay. And I've started, and I've made it seven days so far on the stuff, and it's stuff that I don't think about. Like mm-hmm. you know, like one is don't let my laundry pile up. You notice when you walked in, I ha- I mean, so like I heard it dinging earlier. You've been watching, you know, so like, yeah. and that's not a big deal, but like stuff like that. Like I've always been a big believer, and I forget what coach I heard this. It was either a convention or somebody I played for or coached with, but habits, they 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 call it habit forming for a reason. And uh, I can tell you who it was. It was a uh, Dr. Marion Barnes, my mom's old colleague. Okay, yeah. She's a, she currently works at Behavioral Health. I think she, I mean, she's probably close to retirement too. But uh, she was the one that actually told me this. She said, good habits usually lead to more good habits. And bad habits usually lead to more bad habits. And I use that, I use it all the time in my coaching philosophies. Like, hey, like I just use soccer as an example. If I make a bad pass to you, you're obviously going to probably have a, uh, the, the chances of you having a bad first touch comes from my bad pass, mm-hmm. which, in, you know, like a bad shot leads from a bad pass. And then like in baseball, like you start out, and this is statistical, like o and o batters in Major League Baseball last year, balls that were swung out in o counts, hitters hit a little over 300. Goes to 0-1, it drops 73 points. So, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. good habits lead to good habits and bad habits. So, like, that's one thing that, that's, like, my goal is to make sure that I'm on top of the things. Uh, I want to read my Bible every day. There was one. Uh, obviously, I want to be healthier. That's something that I've had. A, I mean, like, I don't, what time is it? It's it's 9.54. I'm going to the gym after this. Awesome. It'll make yeah. seven days in a row or eight days, whatever day it is of the month. That's mm-hmm. how many days in a row. Um, it's the eighth of the month. <laughs> 
but then and then things I'd want to change. It's kind of almost in the same vein. Like I want to kick the bad habits, and 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 one thing I want to do. This is this is not really going off the other, but I have always thought to myself, and it's always kind of like how you're raised, I guess you'd say, but as I get older and mature and start to think more, spend time in thought, I'd like to, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, man, like, I want to be able to put myself in other people's shoes more often. Be empathetic. But I, I want to have more empathy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and that just does, that doesn't just apply to, you know, your socioeconomic status. Like, you know, like I want to be able to put myself in a homeless man's shoes when he asks for me for money. Mm-hmm. I also want to put myself in the kid who's, parents make over a million dollars a year that I coach who I've you know, like like different ends of the spectrum I want to like you've seen this tweet you've seen this quote several times it says be kind to everyone you have no idea what they're going through like I want to be able to be able to do that more hmm. like so those, that. those are my two things I like that um things that I'm going to work on in 2020 I've really got to work on procrastination I'm the sure. worst and that comes with what you and I were talking about a little bit off the air Things have always kind of, and man, this, this is like a, a boastful statement, but it's actually a, a bad thing. Things have always kind of come easy for me. Sure. That I put them off. Not even like laundry, like a college degree. Like, right, you know what I mean? Sure, like, you sure. know, like a meaningful relationship, going to the gym, um, you know, worrying about this, that, and the other. And I, I've got to work on my procrastination. Like, I really do. I always get everything done and I make it happen, but it's always at the last minute. And it's not, and it's just way more not difficult than it should be, but more yeah. cumbersome. That makes sense. Sure, Another, too heavy, too light. Yeah, too wrong, too right. <laughs> Every time you say it, I... <laughs> uh, seven Mary three. Uh, but yeah, I got uh, another thing I've got to do, man. I have an unbelievably tough time telling people no. Yeah, cannot do it. Cannot do people it. People pleaser. Yep. Hey, man, you want to do this? Yes. Hey, man, you, can you help me do this? Yes. Hey, man. Uh, we got some people coming up next week. Come up, yes. Like I, I've got to tell people no, because I overextend myself and I overpromise and underproduce, and I hate that. Yeah. I, I really I despise and that about myself that sometimes that happens. Um, something that I want to do in 2020, I want to touch foreign soil. Okay. And I'm not talking about Mexico or Canada. I want to cross a body of water and step on another country. I want to have to get a passport. Another continent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I man, I, I I really wanted to go to Australia, but I don't I don't want to go there now. It's, Now's not the time. Well, you know, uh, even for the God disaster. Really. Yeah, but the the it would make me sad. The pictures I see, what's oh, going on in there, so you know. Uh, but uh, I've really I'm really intrigued by Ireland. Me too. I'm really intrigued by Ireland, man. Uh, and Let I, me wobble me back to my corner. <laughs> and if I can't get off of uh, this continent, I would like to go to Alaska. I think it would be, I would love to see some yeah. beautiful stuff. Cut my phone off. I kind of want to do that too, man. Like just go somewhere I've never been. The cool thing about going to Denver this last time for the bachelor party was we went up in the mountains for a little while. There was no service. And they were just like, my, if you unless you're taking a picture – you might as well put your phone away. Yeah. When I go to Cates Cove, there is zero service. Yeah. When you're riding that loop. 
if you're unless you're taking pictures, sure. You just I ride with my windows down. I smell the air, like I breathe it in, and I want to go somewhere else and just see what it's like. I have a friend of mine. She works for us part time, but her full time job is she's a flight attendant. Okay. And uh, her name her name is Riley. She's really cool. She's from Oxford. Uh, but I see her Instagram and Snapchat, and she's all over the place internationally. And there's just things out there that I've never seen. I know. That I want to try. I mean, she goes to Paris, and I see this awesome courtyard with all these food stands, and you know, and I'm just like, you know, I want to be a part I'm of the, that. I'm the I'm the prototypical tourist too, though. Like, you know, like if I go to Paris, I'm gonna go see the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Don't, you know, like I have to. If I'm gonna be there once, I'm gonna do it. Exactly. I mean, I mean, when in Rome, yep, you know, for yeah, sure. And exactly. that's I'm, I'm the same so, way. And that's what I want to do. And two things that I kind of want to do that are a little different that I'm, I'm contemplating in 2020. One thing I'm thinking about doing is uh, learning a, a new skill. Like, okay. So for, I've, 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 for instance, like, you know, I, I like to play an instrument. You know yes, I mean? Okay. So I started piano yeah. in 2019. The piano is kind of intriguing. I don't want to play the guitar. You can't so, do piano because then we can't form a band. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> Au contraire. McKinley and Brian dueling pianos would be the most fun thing ever. Who would know more songs and sing like us? <laughs> we would have the best. Nothing but mashups. Yes, dude. So don't don't worry about that. But I was thinking. Find like, us at Silky's in 2021. I was thinking like mate, yeah, it's just some kind of instrument. But uh, that's 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 one thing I want to do. And this is going to sound crazy. This other thing I'm I'm, I'm really contemplating, and it's going to sound crazy. And if anybody that knows me listens to this, they're going to think it's insane. I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. Really. Yeah. Can I talk you out of it? I mean, you can. I mean, I'm, I'm not right now, <laughs> but like, and, I, and I'm not necessarily doing it, but you know, it's just, you know, if, if it was something tasteful that wasn't shown, that was sentimental, like maybe it's the thought is crossing my mind and I've been totally against it my whole life. I'm 100% against it. It's so commonplace now. It is. And, you know? and, I, and I, some of them are tasteful and look good, but I just, like I said, like I just, even the ones, some of the ones I see that are not tasteful, I think look good. For sure, yeah. I'm not going to get one of those Japanese or Chinese symbols yeah. that everybody says. Yeah. I had a, I dated a girl in, in college, and she said uh, she had one of those, and I asked what it was, and she told me what it was. And there was an Asian person who we knew, and I said, hey, show show him that tattoo. And I said, what is that? And he's like, that's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but that's all I got, man. So. It's well, been it's been fun catching up. It's been too it's been too long more than anything. It's been too long. We we're going to make a, a more regular occurrence. Uh now that the holidays are over and McKinley and I are not necessarily slowing down but not so hectic if that makes sense. Soccer schedule is formed barring a lot of uh weather. We got a big weekend ahead, man. Lewisburg tomorrow night's the biggest game of the year cuz it's division. Northwest ranking on Friday. Yeah. Madison Central on Saturday, Jackson Prep on Saturday. Was Northwest ranking the team put you out last year? And they're the team to beat this year. They're 14-0. Well, I don't want to have to edit this, and I hope the folks at Northwest ranking aren't listening, but they can go F themselves. The storm coming there, <laughs> Cougars. <laughs> for sure, for no, sure. No, we're excited about the trip. For sure. Well, man, it's been cool recapping and closing out the last decade with you and uh, hanging out with these wonderful pups you always have. Appreciate the, the loin earlier. McKinley welcome, gave me some man. awesome grilled food. Man, my man, I walked in, he had an apron on. His house is so clean. He's a domesticated guy. He, he, he is. I'm telling you. I'm going I'm to be honest with you. Right now, if McKinley came to my house and 
my car, I would feel ashamed at how... I would not think less of you. I've been there. Well, I know you wouldn't, but it's more of a state of mind right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> so I was like, man, I don't want to know. God, I'm really roughing it over here, buddy. I would rather go <laughs> buy more underwear and socks than do laundry right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, man, before we get off... um, Oh, yeah, and one thing we're going to do this year, and I'm going to make a point to help McKinley with this. He is really good on our Twitter account. And I'm going to do a point to be better on the Instagram account. I've been bad on it, not getting our posts out, but we always post on Twitter, and I'm going to do better on the Facebook and Instagram account. And something else McKinley and I are going to do this year. We're going to take pictures when we're, like, out and about experiencing things, that. and we're just going to show pictures of what we did. So, like, I, like, for instance, when we make this post, I'm going to post a few pictures from my trip to Knoxville and Clarksdale. Yeah. And McKinley is going to give me some of his from Nashville and other yeah. things. And we're going to show you all the things we've been talking about. That's cool. So, I, I yeah. didn't ever think about that. Yeah. I'm glad you and said I, that. And I'm going to make sure I help him out. He does such a good we job. We get up to tweets. 10 on Instagram, so we got plenty we could show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got some. I still got our cereal pick from Killer Cereal. We need to do that again. We need to. What we're going to do, we're going to do a. Uh, as soon as soccer's over with, I'll be. Season one picture wrap up. It'll be several posts. Okay. We can do that. I like that. For sure. All right. Well, wrap us up here, McKinley. Well, folks, we. Absolutely appreciate you listening uh, for the past year. And then moving forward, Brian and I will have more content that you are here for over 2020 and beyond. Uh, you can find us on the aforementioned Twitter at The Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. The podcast will also be linked to Spotify, Stitcher, and Fireside. Still haven't got Apple in tow. but we're I don't know if we will. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we'll forget them. It's, it's the thing of the last decade anyway. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but, folks, been a great decade. Looking forward to a new one. Uh, we will catch you next time. You stay classy in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs>